This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Prue. D- Daniel, why, why aren't you in uniform? Are, are those late 20th century jeans you're wearing? But why aren't your sideburns regulation point? What is going on? Uh, I- I'm sorry. This is the way I dress. This is just normal for me, okay? Why are you being so harsh on me right now? This is ridiculous. This is the way that I am, and I can have a few shots of tequila. It's okay. Well, I'm I'm also joined by Philip Gilfus. Now, Philip, can you pull up the Enterprise schematics? Because it appears that Deck 1 is much larger than I had previously thought. See, there's this large room behind the view screen. Where does that lead to? Oh, well, see, usually we, we have the curtain up. Um, but um, oh. no, but just pretend like it's not there, though. I mean, because really you're going to make the other ensigns and crewmen nervous. But since you're a senior officer, you have to set an example. So just, just look at the screen. And I'm gonna. I, I've, I've uh, drawn a little picture here. It's a, it's, it's a it's a warbird. If you can't tell, I know you can't really tell, probably. But anyway, just pretend it's a warbird right there on the screen, and then just pretend like it's really dangerous. Okay. Yeah, I think the screen's broken. It's like it's just blue. It's just nothing but blue. <laughs> I mean, I used to be able to see where we're going. I mean, how how can you even fly the ship? I know you know it's actually a common myth that there's no blue on the Enterprise D bridge, but there is. It's the whole view screen. Oh, there you go. On Earl Grey today, we're going to be talking about cast-directed episodes. That's where we were alluding to in our wonderful intro. Is often you'll see in behind-the-scenes photos your regular, you know, cast members, but they're not wearing their uniforms. They're wearing stuff from the '90s, and it doesn't look good. I'm sorry, but no, uh, you know, those acid watch jeans just need to go, Riker. It's just, it's not going to work, Riker. But, but I mean, sorry, sorry, Will, Will. Fire I think well. you mean Mr. Frakes to you. <laughs> Sorry, Miss, Mr. Frakes. I mean, you're not Mr. Frakes, Philip. You don't have to defend him that much. Well, I'm not having a beard, but... Uh... I'm just imagining Jonathan Frakes in one of those 90s Calvin Klein jeans ads where it's all black and white. And, you know, this is like do, season... Do, 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 do. <laughs> this is like season five, you know... Uh, Jonathan Frakes, and he's a little bit heavier, but he's still got the tight jeans on, and it's like, oh, man. Boot cut. (laughs) Well, of course he's got his beard, because, you know, I can't imagine beardless Riker in a Calvin Klein ad. No, no, is he wearing a hyper-color shirt, too? I mean, if we're going to do true 90s apparel here. (laughs) So, well, speaking of of Jonathan Frakes, though, it is, you know, largely to him that we even have this topic of talking about, you know, people in next gen you know cast members who directed episodes uh, as it's famously stated he went to director uh you know he went to the producer rick berman and said he'd like to you know direct a show and rick berman's like whoa 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 okay well i think we can do that but you're gonna have to go to directing school and they basically created as the story goes a directing school for actors that uh, Jonathan had to go through. He had to learn all about editing, about you know directing, how the dubbing stage worked, you know all of those pesky behind the scenes things that more, you know near normal actors you know don't have to worry about. Uh, but you know he embraced it, and uh, you know he knew the things that he was strong in and knew the things that he was weak in. But he was given his first episode to direct, and that was The Offspring, season three, episode sixteen. And the rest is history. It's opened up the doors for many of the uh, actors of uh, Next Gen to, you know, to not just star, but also uh, direct. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, now I'm looking through the other, uh, the list here of the other uh, stars and the episodes they directed. Now, none of them 
Let me double check here. None of them included a makeout scene in their shows. <laughs> so. You're too busy when you're directing, Philip, to, to put in a makeout scene. Well, apparently not if you're Jonathan Frakes. That is true. That is true. Well, you know, you know, I don't I, I you know, I don't know really a ton about uh exactly the logistics that went into that, but but it is so, it's funny because the one thing that I remember about the offspring, first of all, he must have lucked out in a lot of ways because The Offspring is an amazing script. It's an amazing story. It's really, really, and of course, you know, credit to Jonathan Franks as well. He does a really good job with the material, and uh, it's such a good episode. So, but it's funny because, like, you know, it it wasn't until much later that after I had seen the episode that I found out that of course he directed the episode, and that's why he's only in the one scene. He comes in and then you know Law kisses him and it's so funny because it's like it's such a Rikerism that that happens to him and like he must have oh man he must have been eating that up. Now Darren, don't tell Daniel they actually have these things called credits at the beginning that tell you who directed <laughs> it. It'll spoil it for him. Yeah, don't don't look at the titles in the beginning. <laughs> credits well, like, are at the end. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the things to look at. As we talk, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to talk every episode, but as we talk the episodes, like to me, and I don't understand also how it works. Like I th- assume, like you know, who, what director gets what episode is sort of like randomish, but like yeah, it's much more like okay, this is the you, you're going to be, you know, directing in two episodes, and that's what this one is. It, it it's very rare that you get your choice, uh, at least when you're producing twenty six episodes a year. But like having said that, it's interesting as we go through these episodes. You know, it's like coincidentally, the person directing this episode is hardly in the episode. Right. Well, I'm sure, especially with uh, you know the actors, it was much more tailored to that. I mean, if Cliff Bull had been an actor, he probably never would have directed nearly the you know platitude of episodes he did. I think he did like 25 or some crazy that's like a whole season's worth basically of of next gen is cliff bowl so you're saying like, I see. So, so you're saying cliff bowl played chief argyle is what is what you're saying and that's why they had to you know write him off really <laughs> fast so i mean i've never seen a picture of cliff bowl so as far as we know that could be him i just imagine he looks exactly like mott like that's he's exactly <laughs> i know that's all I, it's so true it's what i do as well i don't mean to but yeah he's basically looks just like mott <laughs> Well, like, I imagine, like, you know, the, like, the director sheet or whatever it's called comes out. Like, Jonathan Frakes, it's like, you're doing Frame of Mind. Um, you're doing, like, all these Riker-centric episodes. They're like, give me that one. We're going to give that to someone else here. But, yeah, but in The Offspring, in his first one, I mean, I remember when I recently rewatched it. And, again, I, of course, I'd forgotten that he was he directed it. And so I'm like, where the heck is Riker in this episode? Like, cause it's like, you, you know, you see him usually on the bridge or somewhere and you don't see him at all. And then, you know, they had the little throwaway line of, he was at some conference or symposium. They're always going to symposiums, you know, and uh, he'd be back later. And then of course it makes sense, you know, in the, in the production schedule. I mean, when you're directing and doing all of that, it, it takes just a ton of your time and it's even more impressive when you have an actor who's directing and they're featured heavily in an episode or a movie, I mean, that's, you know, you, you really have to trust your crew and all of the other elements. Otherwise it's just, it's just not possible. It's like twice the work. Well, like I'm looking and I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but as I look through the list of all the other actors slash directors, so like the offspring is season three, about mid season three, episode six, mm-hmm. but he's, but you know, just to be, and I know you kind of said this, but so Frakes is the only person who directed from the cast in season three. So like as and even as we get to season four, you know we'll get into the other people. But even then, it was still just Frake. So like you said, he did sort of set that, uh, you know, that uh, precedent. Which you know I, I don't you see having. I don't know. Not that I'm this in any way, shape, or form the caliber of these folks. But like like being on stage and acting, like I have zero desire ever to direct. But it but it, it makes me wonder all those like actors who are like I want to direct. Like Jonathan's doing it. Oh ho 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 ho! If they're letting Jonathan do it. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, spoilers alert, Brenton Spiner's not on this list. Uh, you know, I, again, in my memory, I was remembering, oh, all the main cast directed something. No, not all. And that's totally fine. I mean, you know, Data's good, or, you know, Brent's playing it good at playing eight times the same role in a single episode. He doesn't have time to add on the director's hat on top of that. So, Well, it's like, you know, well, if you direct, you're usually not an episode. He's like, never mind. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. Well, and then when Jonathan did, you know, Reunion in season two, you know, that was, gosh, what was Reunion back? I'm totally Season 
five. Four. You knew it was season four. four. Oh, you just said season two is why I said that. Oh, it was the second. Sorry, not season two. What was reunion about again? I'm totally blank. The reunion is when um, Daniel's favorite character is introduced. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. Baby, when baby uh, Kalar comes back. And no, Wharf, I thought you were talking about Kalar, so I was going to get real excited. And then you <laughs> happen to mention that Alexander is also in that episode. Yeah. All right. So in Jonathan's second directorial I guess that would be the debut anymore, but he's his sophomore effort, his sophomore effort, his, you know, he's working up towards his thesis. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he has reunion, which is obviously a very wharf centered episode. And that would, that's the interesting thing I start to think about when I look at these episodes is not just, you know, the, the cast directing, but now you're directing your friend, you know, in this, you know, you're directing your friends kind of love scene esque, and you know other weird interactions right so i don't want to you know i don't want to say that Riker was more of a friend to Worf than cisco was but <laughs> you know jonathan franks was directing important episodes for Worf long before deep space nine ever came around uh but season four you know also led to uh patrick stewart gave his first spot in the director's chair you know it's hard for him so, to give up the center chair spot or uh, spot but, did someone let her out again? But we got In Theory, which I think is a really good a good episode. Uh, and, you know, and I think as the second graduate of the director's school of hard phasers, you know, it's not too not too shabby. Yeah, because I, I think, and I can't remember the B story in, the, in Theory. Um, and it's probably some, like, anomaly of the week, if I remember somewhat correctly, vaguely. But, um, but, but I mean, there's another one where, where the Patrick-Brent, um, I mean, again, I don't know these people, but Patrick and Brent relationship certainly has to be strong there because it's a very, obviously, data-centered episode, um, and, and Patrick sort of has to direct uh, Brent and, and the guest star. I can't remember what her real name the actress is, the, but Jenna was the character she was playing to Sora. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's a great episode. Great episode. I mean, it's one of my. I talked about it before. So I really like it, um, and I'm trying to remember because I, th- I think in the B story, Captain Picard is involved there on the bridge. Like, it's not like he's not there, um, but but it, I think there's sort of a more of a balance there. Right. I mean, they, I'm sure the writers are also getting slightly better at including all the characters, and you can't just not have Picard in a particular episode. Um, but but that brings us to again back to to Jonathan Frakes, the drumhead. Now this one, you know, is hail, you know hailed as you know one of the better you know really next gen's getting its footing it's really creating a new you know type of show and but i really think that having jonathan frakes direct patrick stewart and really try to you know tap into that shakespearean you know quality level that we can get from him i think really comes through i I can just totally picture you know frakes sitting there and you know you know, he knows Patrick's a speech guy. You know, he's like, I'm going to give you the best speech ever, Patrick. And you're just going to, you know, knock it out of the park and you're going to make the Admiral get up and leave. You know, it's going to be so amazing. And, uh, but <laughs> now I imagine that's exactly his directing well, I mean, to Patrick. Patrick, you're going to be totes good. <laughs> knock it out of the park, buddy. Then smack him on the butt and then he walks away. You, you got this. You got this. And he like winks at him. <laughs> And then goes, sits backwards on a chair. Someone brings some glasses, sunglasses to wear, and he just flies back. You know. Well, like, I, you know, I think, and and again, I don't know, Darren, I think you're probably smarter than this, than, than the rest of us, but as far as the actual, like, directing style, because um, I don't think I've ever seen Judgment at Nuremberg, but I think that there's clearly an influence there in um, Drumhead of the way where um, they're f- mm. filming the scene, especially where they have their interrogation room, like which I don't know why the Enterprise has an interrogation room, but it does, and they use it several times. Um, but anyway, but you have that sort of center seat where the camera can kind of, which I know people can't see the way I'm We're moving my hands right now. We're not the intrepid class, Philip. We have, we have enough rooms to spare. We can have an interrogation room. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure the intrepid class has like an interrogation room that's like twice <laughs> as big. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, yeah, but you know, that's sort of the way the camera pans around, so you sort of get that three 360 effect of around the person as they're talking and you know the, the, the sort of the pressure they're under and this whole conspiracy and intrigue and lying and pressure and all this stuff no I think I think so true I mean I think the subtext is when Patrick was going the first link 
he's really just you know he was he was ready he's like when the first take does it right jonathan you just use it but no you keep forging link after link after link <laughs> well i think uh one take picard is what uh mr goldman used to call <laughs> <laughs> but uh no but jonathan you know not to go over every episode he did but to round out his next gen directing pieces he did 16 episodes which is quite a few uh so you have the offspring reunion the drumhead cause and effect which which Quality I mean, I'm going to pause you on cause and effect. You want a directing challenge? Cause and effect is enough to do, like, any veteran, <laughs> I mean, director. And I know we've talked about this before, but, like, you know, like, how would you love, like, Jonathan pulls that? Like, yeah, you're doing the same 15 minutes four times or, like, five times this episode. I mean, that's a director's right. nightmare. Like, you got to make this thing interesting. Because, I mean, I, I like it, uh, cause and effect, personally. I don't know uh, how other people feel, but, I mean, props to Jonathan. I mean, I think once he pulled that episode off, I would be like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, that's why at the very end, it's Riker's suggestion. That <laughs> oh. It's not his you know. suggestion. Well, I guess, it, I guess it is kind of a suggestion. Yeah. In the original script, I'm sure it was Data just solved it on his own, but no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt your litany there. Uh, no, no. Uh, so, yeah, cause and effects, quality of life, you know, a great uh, uh, the Exocomps episode. Uh, the chase, you know, not quite as good as some of the others but uh attached so here's another directing one now you're directing your two friends you know mentally attached but not admitting that they're in love or you know and that and that was sort of i would have to be assume i don't know if it's fun or not to go on location i would assume it's fun to go on location but uh, because that was a very location heavy um no, no, I, I know. Shooting two, location. I know. Pretty, it's I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was variables. Like super hot and like you know, crazy intense. Everything yeah. is harder. Every sound is harder. Picture is harder. Light is harder. You get some but, fresh I mean, air. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I'm fresh sure air. it's nice. Well, yeah, because you know, I mean, you have those scenes of, of of Beverly and Picard going through like the I don't know. You know, surprise! They're going through a deserty, rocky landscape because they never show that in Star Trek. Yeah, no. California. But anyway, and then you have the campfire scene too, with the two of them sort of, you know, telling Is that tales with the marshmallows? about. And then uh, Beverly starts singing "Row, row, row your boat." Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, you know what they? But yeah, all captains have to <laughs> sing at the campfire. It's a, it's a maritime tradition. And then uh, uh, Picard tells her the story about Gilgamesh. And, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> she's like, she's like, did you hit your head, John Luke? Because you're not making any sense. Beverly and John Luke on the planet <laughs> by the campfire. <laughs> but anyway, but I mean, again, that, that that is an interesting and like, and again, I don't know, I don't want to pull this card out. But we're, I'll go ahead. I'm going to go pull this card out. So the TNG cast, of course, is the best cast in the tar- Star Trek universe as far as being friends. And being cool, Absolutely. and being blood brothers and sisters. Yeah, I said it. Connect, connecting yeah, as co- a fan. Come at me, come I at think, me, other series. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I would. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Philip drew the line in the sand. This no far, further. no further. And so, but I mean, to me, that's, that that is that can go one of both ways because you know, like you said, directing your friends, it can either go like, well, you know their strengths and weaknesses, so you kind of know where to push and pull them. At the same time, you know. They, I know they play around so much, you know. Uh, you know, or do they? You know, well, hey, can be serious. I'm trying to be serious here, you know. Do it, you know? Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they're all professionals <laughs> as well. So, but I'm sure there. I'm sure there were antics. Uh, you know, put the grease paint on the <laughs> eyepiece of the camera. You know. Uh, but yeah, so after Attached, he did uh, Sub Rosa. <laughs> but then he <laughs> first contact. <laughs> so, pretty much, if you want to talk about opposite ends of the spectrum, you pretty much have Sub Rosa and First Contact. Not uh, the movie, not the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, and, and, you know, not to, to, to make the obvious parallel, but I'll make it anyway. You know, so, you know, Jonathan Franks has a sort of distinction, right? of being a first officer of the Enterprise who also directed behind the scenes and directed several movies, just like, of course, uh, the late Leonard Nimoy, right? So both both had those sort of... So, I mean, because I, I feel like I've heard somewhere, you know, Jonathan, I've, you know, tips his hat to Leonard saying, you know, in some ways, you know, Leonard provided that legacy for, for Jonathan to be able mm. to do this. 
Right. I'm sure there were, you know, barriers he had to overcome and I'm sure he could hold up, you know, Nemoyne and say like, well, he directed, you know, I don't think he directed any episodes, but he directed two movies. I mean, that's, and they were, you know, well, well received. Yeah, right. Star Trek, Star Trek four is the, is the most popular original series movie right? as far as like box office is concerned. Money returned is concerned, which mm-hmm. is really all that matters to most people in Hollywood, right? How much money came yeah. back to us? <laughs> that is what we need to know. But, but also, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's got to be a big. And again, I don't, I don't know the business at all. I'm sure my, our listeners are much smarter than me. But like, to be a, a feature film director, a first time feature film director, I mean, that's a risk. And so, even though you know, so you, you do generations with what's this Carson? Not oh, his name, right? Um, the guy who, who directed Generations. Um, I actually yeah. don't remember. I feel like it's Car- I don't know. I know it was a, it was a, it was a Brit. I know that. Um, but anyway, um, and so who I know or I assume he you know has directed several things. Um, but then you you have First Contact, you know, and then it's like, well, Jonathan, you know, he's directed a bunch of episodes, but do we trust him to direct our our movie? I mean, it, it, a movie feature costs a lot more than right. an episode. So, I mean, obviously, it went it went you know great and well, and went so well he got to do it one more time. But but it, I just thought that was interesting. And failed heavily. But uh, but yeah, but he not only you know did these episodes in films, but he did three episodes of DS Nine and three episodes of Voyager. So, uh, but you would think you know wow sixteen that's a lot of episodes. You know who could possibly beat that? Uh, Lavar Burton smashes that record wide open. Not in Next Gen because everyone was you know busy making the show. Uh, he only did uh, two episodes in that Second Chances, which. You know, now it's on the other foot. <laughs> now Lavar is directing Jonathan with himself. Well, for well so, for both of know, these episodes, that, right? Because uh, it, in in the Pegasus, yeah. you know, he he had to go on board the NX01. <laughs> oh. oh god! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, well, but they are both Riker episodes, which is kind of interesting uh, that that was apparently Jordy's cup of tea or, you know, uh, LeVar's. They're all the same. <laughs> yeah, but, which uh, is, which is yeah, interesting this... to me because, like, I, I, I know Voyager. Um, oh, Lordy, I'm blanking on the episode title. The one where they crash on the frozen planet and, you know, Harry and... Yeah, Timeless. I, I know LeVar Burton directed that one because the reason you know is because yeah. Captain LaForge is in it as a little cameo. Um yeah, and it's on yeah. the list. And and but like to me, I don't necessarily think of Lavar Burton as a director, even though, as you just said, he has almost a bigger one than. He did, yeah, he did Frakes. twenty-eight yeah. episodes of Trek, which is a yeah, lot. So. I mean, that's yeah, that's like a whole season's worth. It is, you know, stretched out over four shows. But and I just actually, you know, I just watched uh, Timeless in my Voyager rewatch. Uh, not a not a bad episode, you know. It's pretty solid, and come on, guys, we get to see Captain LaForge. That's pretty cool, right? Which is really smart, you know, like you said, Philip, because all you really had to do was just put the uniform on sitting in front of the screen, and he's like, you know, let's. I wonder if we could get Lamar Burton for this role. I think we can make it happen. <laughs> let, me go talk, let me go negotiate with myself. I'll be right back. He goes step I'm playing hard to get. Um. It's like just the uh, matter of do, do I want to put those contacts on? Nah, sure. What the heck? Of course, it's also a little bit of like a Sulu complex. Like, you know what? I want to make myself captain. Let's do this. And I'm also not surprised at all that he did live fast and prosper. You know, of the of all of the almost breaking fourth wall Voyager episodes. You know, to to be directed by a veteran you know actor that totally makes sense. Uh, as you know, that one's focusing on the fake crew of the USS Voyager with their giant click pins and <laughs> really bad hair. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, like I said, I don't know. Cause I, like, I mean, when, when you think of, or at least I'll say, not you, when I, when I think of Star Trek actors who are directors, I think Frakes, I think um, Robert Duncan McNeil, um, Roxanne Dawson, mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that's yeah. it. That's really all the only ones that really immediately come to mind. But like you said, Burton, I guess I'm going to have to start thinking of him as, as being more of a director now. Well, also remember, though, that he had a lot of experience with television with reading Rainbow. 
I mean, and he, you know, was a producer on that show. So he knew a lot about, you know, what it takes to, because he's pretty much directing those episodes, like practically from in front of the camera, you know, when he's off on location shooting his segments, you know, I'm sure he was highly influenced, influencing, you know, the direction of that show. He was that now, show. So, do I have to take your word for it? Yes, you okay. you do. You absolutely have to take my word for it. But uh, yeah, but picking out some other LeVar Burton, you know, classics, uh, Similitude in Enterprise, you know, a great episode, uh, Q2 in Voyager, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, death and, you know, life imprisonment and all that, uh, you know, then you have, you know, uh, Emperor's New Cloak on DS9, not, you know, there's, there's, there's a variety, we'll, we'll say. So what are some of your favorite LeVar Burton directed episodes, Daniel? You know, I've <laughs> I've got to be honest going through the list uh he he's he has a, a a pretty solid record of directing pretty solid episodes <laughs> like um <laughs> way to commit with your opinion. David. Well, you know, it, it just to throw this out there, you know, he got to actually visit with his old buddy and the augments enterprise episode um because that that was brent oh, yeah. right again so you know right he just i don't I, I don't know if it's like we mentioned before when when jonathan jonathan got both the offspring and first contact like i don't know if it's just like the scripts that you get i don't know how it works but if it, if that's the case lavar burton is a very unlucky man and he just he just got mediocre scripts most of the time it seems like there's nothing that like I mean, the, a lot of his episodes are good to well decent to good I would say, and like I think he does a good job directing them, but nothing really stands out to me honestly as as like a as something that's really like really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say other than Timeless, which which I yeah I haven't seen as much as recently as you. I think the other, you know, again, this is non TNG, I know, but the only one that that really pops out is First Flight um, from Enterprise because that's I, I I really enjoyed that one. That's for those who don't remember, um, that's sort of the flashback um, uh, episode of Enterprise to the very was it was the warp three engine. I can't remember the warp, warp two. Uh, Warp 2? Yeah, like Warp, warp two, two, engine. 2 engine. So that if was interesting. If anybody wants to listen to a Warp 5 episode about First Flight, uh, they can listen to the episode where me and Chris talked about First Flight on Warp 5. That's episode number I don't know. Uh, but uh, you can check <laughs> it out. I'm sure you can Google it. It, it, it's, uh, it, was, a good, it was a good fun time. Space Google. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that, I really like it. I mean, that's the origin episode. Origin. It's issue zero of Enterprise. Well, you know, yeah, you have to you get to warp two before you get to warp. <laughs> that was the one where they like they show basically the space slingshot, like where they they shoot the. Uh, anyways, it's it's pretty cool. It, there's some pretty cool stuff there. They they can't oh, see your hands, right. I'm Daniel. Sorry. I'm sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't translate. Well, you know, I was surprised that that Patrick Stewart is on this list because in some reason I had forgotten that. But one actor that I always knew had directed uh because just it's one day we're gonna have to cover this episode and if you want to talk about luck of the draw i don't think <laughs> gaze mcfadden <laughs> won that bet with uh janice, janice. <laughs> yeah this one uh wasn't really it's not highlighted as the greatest i of the like great. it well, i like it i mean it's fun i think we harp a little much on it but it's you know well it's, I, it's and, and again i don't i don't want to be controversial actually that's not a lie i'm totally controversial this entire show <laughs> well you're yeah, way past it's, controversial it's, it's, already it's, Philip. it's you know controversy and sex with philip on earl gray uh, but basically okay so here's the interview i heard with rick berman um and it's on youtube you can google it it's basically it's a really long interview it's like literally like an hour or something where he just talks like every star trek series and everything in his whole career and i mean it's a few years old but anyway he doesn't mention names but there's only so many on this list. And he basically is, is talks about um, cast members on TNG who directed. And he basically says something, and I'm paraphrasing, something like, well, you know, a lot of them worked out. Some didn't. And we made sure that it didn't happen again. And so I'm just looking at the list of people who directed. And, and someone just stands <laughs> out at me as having only directed one episode. 
So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. I mean, it was in season seven, so there wasn't a lot of you know next gen you know left. There were three other series. I I, you know I you know and I could be misremembering this, so I will I will place that disclaimer up front. But I do remember reading disclaimer. All our memories are terrible. I do remember. Please consult Memory Alpha. I do remember like the fact that it was an uphill battle. I, I'm pretty sure Gates wanted to direct for a long, long time, and she saw yeah. a lot of her male counterparts getting getting these opportunities, and it was it was never given to her. And then when it was finally given to her, it was like begrudgingly, and I think per- perhaps mm. they like she was that, set up kind to of fail, they set her up almost. to fail, and it's really unfortunate, like. Like what you know, uh, you, uh, Roxanne Dawson, who who comes later, actually gets a fair shake at it and does a great job and has a lot of really. I mean, she directs ten yeah, percent of Enterprise. A lot of really good episodes, and it's like maybe Gates could have done a really really good job in a lot of ways. Maybe she could have fixed Insurrection for all we know, right? Like, uh, uh, that's well, whatever. But it's just like it's like you know, I I do get the sense. The sense that at the time, in the late, well, I guess it would have been the early 90s at that point, Rick and everybody who was in charge just kind of was like, oh, well, you're kind of a, you're kind of a woman. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, well, you know, I think it's interesting. And again, I don't keep up with everyone's careers currently. But I mean, like, from what little I know with, with um, Gates doing, like, the little Bev stuff on Twitter, that she, like, she has her own theater company or something like yeah. that. So she's, she's literally directing, oh, yeah. you know, these days. Like, I mean, on the stage, but still, you know, it counts. I mean, she learned how to direct theater from her time on TNG, right? When, yeah, when she learned how to be a dancing doctor by uh, choreographing <laughs> um, oh, the Labyrinth. She choreographed Labyrinth? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh. See? I did right. not know. So that. all those Muppets that are moving, that's her. Oh, and David Bowie, too. But but mostly the Muppets. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, I agree with you, Daniel. I think, you know, it, it seems like a bad luck of the draw, and it would have been nice to see her, you know, put her hand to some other track in some point. I think she, I think she would have done a good job with the right script. And, uh, you know, again, just at the end of the day, you know, one of the benefits you get is these people have lived in the world. So, I mean, I, that, I, that's why I can see so many of them directing you know, next, uh, you know, past next gen with, you know, DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise. It's like, yeah, we totally get, you know, this, this world we've lived in and the, not just the, you know, fictional world of Star Trek, but the real world of producing, you know, all these shows were 26 episode series, which is nuts. I mean, we get nowhere near that today. I mean, your average is like 12 or something nowadays. It's like, or if you live in the United Kingdom, three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly every five years or something <laughs> with a two year hiatus between or something um but uh yeah but but rounding off our list uh you know patrick stewart it did five uh next gen episodes and then you know went back to hang out with his buddy ian mckellen because he didn't direct any beyond well you that. know but yeah, I mean, I just want to point out, and again, luck of the draw or whatever, but, like, if you look at Picard's, or excuse me, Patrick Stewart's list, which is very short, um, it's heavily Tata, Brent Spiner episodes. So that, may, that may just have to do with, do with the oh, writing yeah. of, of, of TNG at that time. But you have, in theory, you have hero worship, and you have yeah. a fistful Data. of Data's. Data. And to a certain extent, Data. Fan- which one was Phantasms? Yeah, yeah. Phantasms, that's Data. Phantasms that's with the with the warp, the new warp core Raining. and Data dreams it's, it's and the bird oh, yeah. wing and all it's that. It's the Raven before the yeah. Raven. That's a Data episode. Yeah. Oh, and she never. <laughs> it was the beast? Is a side <laughs> of the Raven cover? And then of course Preemptive Strike, where uh, which is where great. Be in that. There's nothing bad to say about Preemptive Strike, <laughs> so it's okay. Well, like he got to direct himself in a cantina scene. So I mean, who who really wouldn't wouldn't want to do that? Ales for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. He's very data heavy. Data heavy, uh, you know. But yeah, you know, I just I watched Hero Worship recently, and you know that's a really good episode. I mean, because you're directing children, and we all know 
Patrick's here. Well, I guess, you know. <laughs> he's a, he, he's a character, Darren. He's not real. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's real. And, like, Jonathan was playing um, his saxophone every time he wasn't directing. You know, it was just so... Uh... Well, and then, you know, I also want to talk about Michael Dorn, who went off to direct four episodes, three in DS9 and one in Enterprise. And, unfortunately, I'm not as good with the DS9 names so uh, he did In the Cards, Inquisition, and When It Rains. And I have absolutely no idea what those episodes are about. Uh, so, sorry, sometimes I feel DS9 took the uh, subtle title a little far, but I'm sure they actually have. We do know, we do know that Michael Dorn do. uh, directed the Ryza episode of Enterprise. Even right, two though days and two nights. In two days and two nights, which I don't. That's right. That's yeah, right. I don't, the I don't really know how the that episode is perceived by fans, but we do know that he was in one of the worst Risa episodes ever. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make the best <laughs> Risa episode. The Risa trilogy of Star Trek. <laughs> well, and when it rains is in season seven, so that's probably height of the Dominion War. You know, I mean, just the name, like it's probably good the rain is probably bullets and death it's probably not a well, good just like that his first episode that he was directed was what season five of ds9 so that means it took him nine years of being in star trek until they like <laughs> michael i don't think you're ready well, he had to get his I don't red think you're shirt ready yet, michael you need a few more just a little bit more time before <laughs> we let I you w- let's put you on a show that's <laughs> so focused on klingons <laughs> Maybe we can let I, you. Direct. I will say, in the cards is a really fun episode, and uh, it's I'm you know I actually did had no idea until doing this episode that he directed it, but it's a lot of fun because it, especially at the end when it's like you know basically you're being really vague, Daniel. Have you actually <laughs> seen this episode? At the, end, the part where the wormhole opens, <laughs> guys, you really got to see it. <laughs> When the Defiant shows up, it was really yeah. cool. pachoo, 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 pachoo. I really love when Odo shapeshift in the middle of it. It's awesome. And then, like, and then Kira got angry and the counter. And then Cisco yells at that person, you know. Uh, they named some sort of, you know, some sort of shuttlecraft after a river. I don't, it was great. It was awesome. Odo goes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I really like, I actually, just can't no, shut but up. See, I'm serious. I actually, I want to I, I actually the really like in the cards. It is the silly episode where Jake and Nog want to get a baseball card for Cisco to oh, make him the river. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was something along the whole river. Nope it's a, it's literally that in the was cards. that one, and uh, it, it's actually a really it's that's a fun right. episode and. There's a lot going on there. There's that's a really really solid episode. I really enjoy that episode in a lot of ways. Um, but it, it's interesting because Michael Dorn, right, the only character I think besides O'Brien, who is in two series premieres as well as two series finales, uh, is is a huge part of Star Trek. And uh, you mean Q? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I know you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm kidding. <laughs> Which I mean, to me, again, to me, that that's interesting. About it, it almost when we go through like who directed, it almost then comes like who didn't direct, because you know, I mean, you you look at the list. Well, Marina, yeah, Sages. yeah. I mean, like, and again, I mean, directing is not for. I mean, you gotta. It's a lot of work, and you gotta want to do it. I mean, being actors is a lot of work, you know. So I mean, you know. Whatever, but um, yeah. So I mean, like, so what? Marina? Who? So who? Who did it? Marina? Who else? Uh, you guys remember? Do you Brent. guys remember? And Michael TNG at least. Do you remember when you know Star Trek was yeah. really, really like struggling for their fiftieth anniversary, and then they found that the best director for the movie for the fiftieth anniversary was going to be Will Wheaton, and he directed Star Trek Three. In the, no, I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. No, we're, we're. <laughs> I'm like, where are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, Inquisition's the first time we see uh, Sloane uh, from Section 31. Well, well, he's a good character. Yeah, no, yeah, really good character. It's where Bashir goes crazy. But, well, I have one more honorable mention I wanted to add uh, to our list. Uh, when I was looking through all the names and picking out the... Mm-hmm. Uh, next gen characters and again we we have mentioned some of the other ones like i think uh 
uh Odo you know directed a bunch and so there's a couple in in a but obviously Roxanne Dawson's and and um Renee Renee uh, Joie, is that who you're trying to think of well no I can I I, I just can't pronounce his name so I just say Odo but it's uh and uh Tom Paris probably AKA, Nick Licarno Nick Licarno <laughs> um you know they yeah they directed a lot but uh one name popped out which was Adam Nimoy who's actually the son of Leonard Nimoy and he directed Rascals and Timescape Ooh, in next year. I like both of those episodes. Yeah, I don't I don't think I and, don't uh, think the three of us can say enough good about Rascals. I'm pretty sure we all love Rascals. Like that 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 episode is so good. Like I I actually had no idea Darren that he directed this uh until you put it in the notes, but it's like and alive like he he's obviously you know he's obviously kind of inherited some of his 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 father's comedic timing or or uh, in directing at least as far as as that goes and it's like that that episode man that episode isn't there a certain irony well, in I'm... leonard's son directing the next generation <laughs> I, I see that yeah i would say so well i know that they wanted to try to work out a way for him to direct one of the unifications, but it just didn't happen. Uh, so he could direct would, his father. I just love doing that. Dad, you're doing circle. it wrong. You do, that's not how Spock goes. <laughs> well, there's that famous picture of him, uh, you know, showing up on, on the set of I, I just the saw that series this week. with yeah, Spock yeah. ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's Adam, you know, Several decades before he so directed wait, these episodes. That means he's been on in next two year. bridges. Two bridges? Two spocks? <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's, you know, a fairly extensive list and, and you know, quite, quite a few episodes. But, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, these things happen. I'm glad that, you know, people got the chance and, you know, there's a couple other people we've you know listed that we felt should have maybe gotten more chances or a chance to to direct, but but it's difficult and and it definitely. I'm glad they set the bar high. I'm glad they, you know, it could have just been oh yeah, we'll give you this simple episode bottle show and they do terrible and then Jonathan Franks does one episode and it, nothing ever comes from it. But instead, we get you know some great episodes, which I think we would all agree. You know, having a Trek actor direct often just gives it a little extra something. Yeah, because I mean, I think sometimes, I don't know, if it's a, I don't know, it's, I don't work in the business, but like, I think there's a stereotype like, oh, uh, every actor wants to direct, I don't know, I don't know. But, but I think here... Well, they do, eh, but yeah. Uh, who, who wants to do the real work? Just tell me what lines to say and I'll be in my trailer. Um, but like, uh, yeah, and I, I think here they took their, their role seriously. Um, of course they did. But I mean, that, 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 that it wasn't just an ego trip, obviously, for any of these folks. Um, and so that they did, really did you know, step up to be that different role in the family. So it's been fun talking about cast directed episodes here on Trek FM, but it's just one of the topics that we've been talking about. Here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM standard orbit. This episode isn't very good, but (laughs) are we just going to pin all of our (laughs) choices? You pretty much have to, but the thing about this episode, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think, is it's a crazy idea. Earl Grey. Picard, can you construct a, a rudimentary lathe? Go for its weak spot. <laughs> it's an energy being. It doesn't have a vulnerable spot. <laughs> Get off the line, the forge. The orb. Or we could just blame it on Janeway somehow, you know, that she it's scared fault, the yeah. Borg into the... Gamma Quadrant because they were tired of dealing with her in the Delta Quadrant. I don't know. To the journey! Because this is the dangers, by the way, kids, of having uh, babies in the 24th century. Because if Kathy's first word was coffee and she was standing next to the replicator, the next thing you know, you have a hyped-up two-year-old. The ready room. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you've got your lucky shirt when you're watching a football game and your team won when you were wearing it. So now you have to wear it every time. That's also the Enterprise insignia. That's the insignia of the only ship whose crew didn't die. Just wear it on the right color shirt. That's all. That's right. Commentary, Trek Stars. 
And then he turns to her and he says, who, who is that man that I was just hugging? And she says, that was William Shatner. And he's like, who? Literary Treks. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really a, a fan of a lot of, you know, different kinds of you know, naval fiction. Uh, you know, I, I, C.S. Forrester, Horatio Hornblower, those novels. So um, good. Yeah, you know, Patrick O'Brien, uh, you know, the, the Master and Commander books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are all things which sort of put me into the right mindset. The 602 Club. So when we come kind of to the story here, and especially off of doing literary treks where we talk about Michael Pillar's book Fade In, kind of got behind the scenes of, of insurrection and really seeing how the that story changed. To me, it really just exemplified the importance of story in a movie. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links and if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show just go to trek.fm slash contact from there choose send to show and of course select earl gray these messages will be emailed to the three of us personally finally in social media you'll find us on facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on twitter under username trek.fm our new listener discussion group is called the babel conference found by typing the Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek.fm. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. Well, we got another great feedback this week, guys, from Christopher L. in Tarpon Springs, Florida. And you know what? He really liked our experience. Oh, wow. Episode. We found the one guy. Yes. <laughs> we found him. We knew he was out there. <laughs> Well, I'm sure, you know, we've got more people listening to that episode since we include a reference to it in just about every episode (laughs) since. Well, he was kind of prophetic in the fact that he states, hey, guys, have you seen the Star Trek Seen It DVD game? I've heard of it. Uh, Yes, Christopher, we actually have. We've actually recorded, I think, two episodes of us playing this game together on YouTube, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, But, yeah, we, like you, it's very hard to find other people who want to play this game with us because we're just, you know, we're really good at it. I mean, we have a podcast about it. Uh, so whenever, you know, we can't find our friends to, to play with, we just use the wonders of the internet and, uh, you know, play with our co-hosts. And it's, it's a I think lot the, I think the, 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 I, cause I, I played this game in my, in my Trek group that I'm in. Um, and I actually had to, I'm not gonna lie. I, I played dumb, um, to let the person, you know, do, do at least, they didn't win. I still won. I mean, come on now. But, <laughs> like um, you, you know, you're just kind of like, well, I think the thing them. is, to me, it, that there are fans, and I'd probably many of our listeners, that they're only fans or know certain series. But I mean, all all three of us, right. at least. I mean, we're we're at least we're not experts, but we have a wide breadth. You know, I mean, yeah, from TOS Enterprise, I mean, we can at least you know get there. You know, so I, 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 but it always surprised me when I meet phones, fans who are like, "Well, I don't know any DS Nine." I'm like, "Really? Well, you, I mean, you, you should watch it. It's Star Trek." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
But and he suggests we have a special battle royale with all of the other hosts together playing this game, hey. which would be logistically crazy. But they know be where a lot we live. Fun. They know where we live. <laughs> if we all get together at uh, one of these Star Trek conventions one of these days, we'll have to bring a couple co- dozen copies. Oh, and we'll all that play would be so much fun! A lot of fun. And, wait, wait, wait! Will you be and bringing? We'll- your Klingon board game interactive video, Darren. Oh, I'll totally be bringing the Klingon board game. We'll find a way to play it with like eight <laughs> players. It'll be great. We're all going to experience that now. <laughs> and there's nothing, experience beige. There's nothing like experiencing group beige, I'll tell you. Oh, man, that's bad. That's bad. But thank you, Christopher, and we are glad uh, to hear that people enjoyed that episode. It was a bit different for us. And uh, some would call it uh, the great experiment, but uh, oh. yeah, we'll let you decide if that was a was it our or Genesis not. or our Sub Rosa? Genesis? <laughs> Wait. Wait, those are the two options I get. <laughs> what about like you know Times Squared or something? You know where it's like, oh, this is different, but it actually was good. <laughs> Okay, I, I think you meant cause and effect because Times Squared is a terrible episode. <laughs> yeah, yes, I meant cause and effect. You mean up the long? I think he meant like, up the I, long ladder, fellow. I, t- I think so that's what he meant. Lord, <laughs> that was the neutral zone. Way. See, okay, see, Daniel's got his Q episodes that he's hard to keep straight. I got the time travel episodes that I, it's hard to keep straight. And Philip knows all. There, we're we're all, we're all good. Well, Daniel, if someone wants to find out what your favorite Gates McFanon director <laughs> is, you could say she's almost How the redheaded stepchild of directors. I would. Uh, well, first of all, if they wanted to know that specifically, I will give them a hint and say Genesis. Uh, but, but other than that, they can they can find me episode forbidden. <laughs> forbidden? Apparently, she was director forbidden. Um, uh, you, they could find me on Twitter, of course. Uh, well, first of all, they could find me here every week with you guys, but they could find me on Twitter as well. Uh, and my handle there is uh, one up Dan. That's the number one, not the word. And Philip, if they wanted to flip a coin between your two, one of your two favorite Jonathan Frakes movie directed times in the seat, where would they find you? You know that coin is just gonna like land right in the middle. It'll, it'll like be leaning one way, but you just won't know what side it'll land on. Um, they can find me um, here each and every week, um, despite some of the references we heard today. And uh, they can also find me on Twitter. My handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. And if they want to talk to me about uh, you know how I could have forgotten that Patrick Stewart directed anything. Uh, they can bring that up on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-E-I-F-I. Well, guys, I'm going to go make a special cue list of all of the cast-directed episodes as if that was all of Star Trek and uh, to see where it takes me. It's going to be uh, interesting. Live long and prosper. Make it so. And get Fire. Fire.